Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two of What Really Happened. With me today, I have my first guest for season two. Chelsea, uh, uh, thank you for coming to the show. It's uh, such an honor for you to be on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. So uh, we kind of go back a little bit. You and I graduated from Tascosa together back in class of 2016. So uh, many people may not know that, but uh, for the audience kind of listening and kind of hearing this out, um, can you kind of tell a little bit about yourself and what we kind of have going on right now? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, 2016 feels like so long ago in the scheme it of what's happened. Um, but let's see here. So after graduation, well, after high school, I went to AC, and then um, my degree was in psychology, and then I went on to uh, WT and graduated with my bachelor's of arts in psychology as well. And so the plan was, you know, after I graduate in December, the plan was to get married that um, that following year in, in July. Well, the whole pandemic happened, so that <laughs> put a damper in my yeah. plan. Yeah, what a year. Like, what a year we've had. <laughs> it's one crazy year. For all yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Like, what a year to graduate and try to plan a wedding. But anyways, um, my fiancé, Marco, and I decided to move to Denver. Uh, that was kind of our plan from the very beginning. Uh, he used to live here, and I was, like, ready to get out of Amarillo. So in May, we kind of just were like, you know, so we're, we have to reschedule our wedding. So, like, why are we still here in Amarillo? So we decided to pack up and move. So we did. That's awesome. Um, I've been to Colorado numerous times, you know. I was going to bring that up. Uh, I've been to your, I think, you're, like, your, what's, you live in the Denver area, right? Yeah, I sure that, do. Yeah, that's pretty. It's a really pretty area. I love Denver as it is. I love Colorado, the state, but Denver is something yeah. kind of special. I always love Denver. Yeah, I love it. We actually went to visit in March, and I like, fell in love, and so I was like, yep, this is the place we have to be. So we've been here uh, for a year, <clears throat> and it went by really quickly. Um, so I work in mental health, so I actually work for the Colorado Crisis Line. Awesome. And, yeah, it's it's a it's a very rewarding job. It's very draining, as you can imagine, uh, with the whole pandemic and just mental health in general. But I love it. And so that's basically it, just enjoying Denver. Um you know, I try to spend time in the mountains whenever I can. I enjoy the city life a lot. It's so nice just to have so much going on. For sure. Awesome. Um, so I wasn't going to bring this up, but um, were you like you said you kind of do the mental health and all that. So was that something always part of your plan or how that come about for you? Yeah. So, you know, my, my background's in psychology and I really love it. And so one of my things was about moving to Denver. I was like, I want to actually get some experience in the field. And so I was applying for jobs and I saw this nonprofit hiring and I really didn't know like this, like how many services they offered. I didn't know that they ran the crisis line. And so I get there on training and they were talking about everything. And I was like, holy cow. Um, so I love it. Um, I really just, I, I love helping people. Um, I really want to, you know, be a champion for, you know, ending the stigma on mental health. And so I was like, you know what, this is a, a great job. So I just go in and I, I try to make a difference. I try to learn as much as I can. Uh, the state of Colorado is, it needs a lot of mental health workers as anywhere does, yeah. but it was, a, it was a culture shock for sure. Coming from the small little town in Texas and coming to Denver, <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I can, I can imagine, you know, it's one of those yeah. things I believe too that mental health is one of those things that does need to be to bring be brought forward. And I think with you and anything like that, you have a, you know, that's a great you being such a great person that you are. I think, you know, it's pretty awesome that you're doing this line of work. You know, it's pretty awesome. So congratulations doing all that for sure. Yeah, 
yeah, thank you. Yeah, like I said, it's it's never a dull moment. There's always something going on, but I just go in every day, and I'm like, I'm just gonna try to be the best that I can. <laughs> oh, sweet. So, uh, what most people don't know um, about you, you're also a blogger as well. So, um, can you, if you want, we can kind of talking about that a little bit, and if you want to, we can kind of dive more into that too a little bit. Um, so. What first of all, I want to ask, what is the name of your your blog site, your website, people, so people can go maybe read some stuff. Yes, <clears throat> so my website is actually on Wix, and so it's actually under my name, so it's Rose Chelsea um, at Wix, and I can actually give you the website so you can drop it in and the link for people to get. Um, awesome. sure. But the actual that. name of my of my blog is Empower Your Mind. And so this was always a vision of mine was just to write and to share my experience with others. And moving out here, I was able to meet so many different people from so many different walks of life. And I I was getting kind of drained at work. And so because there's just so much going on and being on the crisis line, you have so much stuff that you hear. And I was just, you know, man, I was like, I have so much to say and I need a space to do that. So I was like, I'm going to actually blog. I was like, it's something I've been wanting to do. Yeah. Um, the, the name just kind of count, uh, came to me. I was like, you know, empower. I always think of like growth. I think of healing and then just challenging ourselves, you know, to to be in someone else's shoes, to actually walk this life together. So it's kind of like the mindset that I was going in. Um, so that's kind of like the vision for my blog. I was like, I just want this as a space where I can share my experience with others and have other people be on this project with me as well. And just talk about life, you know, just talk about the, the shit that we go through, you know, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's a great thing that you're doing that because I was I started a blog site long, long ago. I just did it because I love writing or anything like that. But. You know, I kind of dipped my toes in that area for a little bit because I'm a communications major from WT. So um, that's where I kind of wanted to start my own niche there. But I found podcasting. So I was like, you know, I kind of like this whole podcasting thing uh, too. But when I heard you had your uh, blog, I was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. And I went to it. I read all your blogs that you have so far and anything like that. It's pretty awesome. So um, sure. So one of the things that stuck out to me, I believe we talked about it once. Um, you, I believe we're talking about like um, – different books for Black History Month, and one of the ones that stuck out to me, or two of them, as a matter of fact, we kind of want to talk to you a little bit, but one I'm going to bring up right now is uh, The Hate You Give by Auntie Thomas, because I'm reading that book right now. I've never seen a movie. I've seen a lot of great stuff about it, but I've never seen a movie, so I, I, I was like, I was one of those things. I wanted to read it, but I just never had the chance to do it, and then you you brought it up. I was like, oh my god, this is actually maybe my sign to start reading, and I read it. I'm halfway through it, a little more than halfway through it right now, and I love it. So, um, was it, was books always your like your thing like how 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 did you, how was that transition for you to writing a book or where did you find the inspiration to write about a book and anything like that too where did you find the inspiration to do that incorporate both right of course so I've always loved to read and I think in college I just never had the time to read for fun because I mean I was always reading research articles and textbooks you know in college you you just don't have time you know to right. do the fun stuff. And so um, I ended up taking a gap year from college whenever we decided to move to Denver. So I have all of this downtime and I've never had downtime in my life. I've always been on the go. And so I was like, you know what, I'm actually going to get back into reading. And so um, whenever we moved to Denver, 
uh, George Floyd had just got um, murdered by the cop. And so that right there for me, I was kind of like, I want to read more, you know, books about like what's going on with the black community. And so when I decided to do that reading list, a lot of those books I've either read or I've read like little like little pieces from it. And I was like, I think people would benefit from just having a list of just like reading our stories and not all of them have to be negative. There's some that are actually really funny. Um, but for me, that was like a mastery list of books that I had read throughout the year to kind of like, you know, read more about the black community, read more about the experiences that I had and that I can share with other people. Cause again, my blog was to talk about my life, but also other people's and not just about the black community, just about everyone. But I really wanted to highlight some of the experiences that I went through and they hate you give is so good. So I, I've Thanks. seen the movie and I read the book. Angie Thomas is phenomenal. First of all, she is such a great writer and that story is so good. I, I loved it. <laughs> It is. It's such a great story. There's been times where I feel like um this is how I love reading. Like, but it's one of those things too. I kind of relate to. It's like you never have that free time to really read at in college. But I, you know, during the summer, you know, uh, I started picking up that book and I read it. But like you said, it's so. There's parts where I found that I, like the events that happened in the hate you give that mm -hmm. happened. Um, I found myself actually like chuckling at some parts because it felt like there was like unexpected humor like in different parts. Because I'm like, I don't know if it's just me, my sense of humor, but I was like, I was like. That's stuff that I would say too, you know, through her point of view sometimes. I'm like, that's kind of funny, you know, like as a, you know, teenage kid, I don't know, maybe I don't know, but that's just me. So, um, I was, I was like that too. I don't know if you're the same way though. I like reading the books before I like to go watch the movie. I don't know why. Was that something that you kind of do too as well, or do you, does it matter for you? I prefer to read the book before I go and see the movie. However, there are some movies that I didn't know were like a book or like I've either, I was like, oh, I don't want to read it. But I, if I know something is going to be turned into a movie, I'm going to go pick up the book and read it. I just sure. like, in the book, you know, you are able to go on a journey and you imagine it for yourself versus like the movie. It's like an interpretation of the book. You know, there's some creative, you know, liberties that are taken. But the book, it's like you're able to sit down, you're able to read it and go on that journey for yourself. So I think both are a really cool experience, but I prefer that book first. Oh, awesome. That's pretty cool too, you know, doing all that. You know, I don't know why. It felt like everything, it felt like everything in, when I read a book before, it's always, I always, like, when I go watch a movie, let me, let me back this up. I'm going to say this. When I go watch a movie, it feels like they always leave out the good parts in the book for some reason. It feels like, I don't know if it's just me. It felt like, like I saw the, uh, I saw a clip, uh, before I read, uh, before I started reading The Hate You Give, I started, I saw a clip of it and I went to go read in the book. I'm like, hold on, what's going on? Where's this part in the book yet? Where am I getting to it yet? And then, they semi did it in the, the clip I saw. I guess where they went to prom and all that, or anything like that, and how they met the dad, or anything. I'm like, that's not where it happened in the book at all. Like they kind of right. like twisted it up a little bit. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's just. I guess you got to cut out some details. I guess I don't know. But yeah. um, for your, I guess kind of go back to your blog a little bit. Um, how would you describe your writing style? If you were to describe it, I guess how would you tell the people like, oh, this is like your specific? Because when I read it, it feels like that's very. It's very in a good way. It's very different. So how would you describe your writing style? Yeah, so I think it's I think it's conversational and I or at least that's the approach I try to take when I sit down to write because again, like I want this blog to be a place where anyone can get on and they can read it and they may not understand, you know, my experience, but they could be like, whoa, I felt that emotion or like, whoa, like I've, I've been through something similar like that. So I, when I sit down and I write, I try to, again, approach it from like just how we're talking. I try to like translate that into my writing as well. 
Um, I know the post I had made about my grandmother, that one actually, it's, it was a poem at first, but then I was like, I kind of want to change it in more to like a prose, but you know, losing her to COVID like was really, really hard. And so it was, it was kind of hard sitting down to write that in a very conversational tone, just cause like the emotions were so raw, but mm-hmm. I felt like the poem, I was like, I kind of want to like make this into like, you know, kind of like a story, kind of just like a, you know, an ode to my grandmother and just kind of how the pandemic sucks, you know, it took away people that we love. Yeah, for sure. The pandemic really, I felt like that was really, you saw a lot of different things from a lot of different people, you know, you got to really see how they, I guess, are, you know, I guess in a lockdown, it's really just different for everybody, you know, it was really different for anybody. But um, who, I guess, who or what were your some of your inspirations, I guess, as far as like, starting it up, like starting your own website or even sitting down to write, like, I mean, you said COVID was kind of, that's when you started it, but like, who, like, was there any inspirations behind your whole entire, I guess, blog or when you said, even when you sit down, is there any inspirations that you, like you find and you're like, oh, that sounds like a good topic. I'm going to write it down. Like, how's that whole process for you? Yeah, of course. So I think one of my top inspirations is actually one of my directors at my job. Her name is Jess. Uh, she is super amazing, and I actually, like, we talked about suicide because she studies, uh, you know, suicide, so we just talk about that, but she has a podcast, and so I just saw, like, how much fun she was having with her podcast and her blog, so I was like, I kind of want to do that, too, you know, it's, it's a nice outlet, um, and I think another part for me that was really just, like, encouraging or kind of motivated me was the growth that happened from when I left Amarillo and I came to Denver, um, there's a lot of stuff that I just processed, you know, it's like the fact of like moving and after college, it's like, whoa, I'm in the real world, like doing, you know, like adult stuff, like, oh my God, you know, so there's that, um, there is just, you know, um, talking to other people, my age that just hearing like some of the stuff that they went through, so like my friends that I have here, like we would just sit and just talk about things. And I was like, oh my God, like that's kind of where I get some of my topics from too. Just like hearing like the struggles that we have. So just, you know, being anxious about adulthood, you know, kind of just, you know, feeling kind of stuck. Cause again, I took that gap year and I have, like I said, I've never had time to just be. And so I actually had to sit with my thoughts and my emotions and, and that's scary. <laughs> like to actually <laughs> sit and like think about stuff. I was like, whoa, I just felt overwhelmed. So for me, writing and sharing like what I was going through with other people, like helped me work through that. Cause it's a very daunting process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can only imagine too, you know, like I, I got a, I got about two semesters left before I graduate and. Oh. So yeah, so my last semester I only have three classes, and that's mainly the last semester is mainly focused towards like internships and different stuff like that. So that's more like work, not work, but I guess more getting you prepared for I guess life after college. And I'm thinking about them like, oh my gosh, I guess adulthood is really just right here. I mean, we're in it, but it's like right. I don't know why it's felt like the lights, the light at the end of the tunnel is just right there. You know, I'm getting a little anxious myself. Like, oh my god, <laughs> I never thought this day would come, even though I knew it was. You know, kind right. of thing. So. Um, it's pretty cool that you find your inspirations the way that you do, you know, just talking to people and stuff like that, just kind of anywhere and everywhere, you know, God, that's kind of awesome that you do that. Yeah, most so, definitely. Go ahead. Good. Do you have another question? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I thought you were about to say something. I don't want to interrupt you. Um, so I'm trying to ask, so how do you say, like, you kind of say you talk to your friends and anything like that, but. Is that how you stay motivated or how do you find your motivation, I guess, through different and various outlets and stuff like that? How do you find your motivation? 
Yeah, it, it can be hard. Um, actually, I kind of hit like a, a writing rut recently just because like, you know, things get so rough. But I, I think just talking to other people, um, big thing for me is like reading. Like I said, you know, reading for me is like where I like get um, inspired. And I think what really helped, what really inspires me through reading is like I read something that someone says, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I kind of like piggyback off of that or, you know, sometimes uh, I have just learned to just be still and like information will come. And that's kind of why like my blog has taken a little break because I was just kind of like, yeah, like I don't really know. Like I had all these topics in my head, but I was like, I don't know where I want to go with it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take some time and just like just be right. Just yeah. just, just like let the stuff come to me. But I, I like I said, I think really just having like people there to talk to, to bounce ideas off of. I'm having books, watching TV shows, really challenging myself. I think that's that's also like the biggest thing, you know, watching a show that I would have never thought I would like, right? Or talking to someone that I was like, ah, we don't really have anything in common, but like really challenging myself to like step out of my comfort zone. I think that's the biggest thing too. That's pretty cool. So like, I like how you say that just be, cause like, um, that's really, I guess, a creative way to say that. Cause like, I just, I'm kind of relate to you in some way, like as far as this whole podcasting thing, you know, like mm -hmm. I, when I sit down and think of a podcast or who I'm going to have next on the show, it's more like, okay, who, first, who am I going to have on? And two, what can we talk on the top, like the topic? Like, cause some of these, like when I go into a podcast, it's like when I'm talking to them, it's like, I can, I can plan a whole show with some, for somebody. And then when they, they bring something up, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this maybe just go, I was going this way, but now they're, let's go this way with it. Cause you know, you know, you hear something that you never really think of, you know, or you hear, you never, never known about somebody, you know, that's kind of cool. You just, like you said, just be patient. Like you said, just, just be, that's pretty cool how you worded that, you know, so it's pretty cool how you just, you, you found that way to be patient or anything like that and just let stuff come to you and that information or anything like that. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it's hard sometimes because again, like I'm always like, I want to be on top of things, but I also learn sometimes it's nice to just be. And I think right now we're in this culture, like after like post pandemic, like a lot of us, like we had to just be, you know, we like there, if there was nothing going on, that was okay. We had to be okay with that. So I'm trying to like maintain that mentality as well, still moving forward of like, we need to take time for ourselves. You know, we need to take time to do the things that we enjoy. We also need to take time to sit here and be like, okay, how am I feeling? What emotions are coming up? And let me process that and like give myself that time to do that. Because I think for me, at least during under or during undergrad in college, like I was always on the go, you know, and I was just doing whatever, living my life however I wanted. And then after that ended, like college ended and now here's like the real world as we were talking about. And it's just like, whoa, like there's always stuff going on and you have to take a minute. You have to breathe. You have to sit down and just be like, I'm okay with doing nothing today. And there's nothing wrong with that. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Cause like I, I've done that before too. It's like, I feel like I, with me, I feel like I have to be doing something, but I realized, okay, I don't have to do anything today. I've been doing all this stuff. I get to sit back and read a book by Anthony Thomas or do something, you know, I don't really, like, you know, just process everything. Like you said processing, because eventually this whole last year during the pandemic, that was, like you said, there's a lot of stuff to process and everything that went wrong, not just like with the pandemic. There was like, I feel like so many quote unquote, I guess, metaphoric fires burning, I guess that were like, everybody tried to put out at once, like, okay, we don't have all the answers. How are we going to process this, you know, kind of going on? Because you kind of, we kind of brought up like earlier, like there was no, you know, there was the pandemic or anything like that, Pe people going, fighting whatever they needed to do to get out of the pandemic, you know, and stuff like that. And there's also 
you know, like you said, the George Floyd thing going on. There's all these different things that were just going on, and people were trying to process everything. So it's just kind of as long as people now, we're, it feels like we're not not over really out of it, but we're more declared than we were prior, you know, the last year. So I guess people are just trying to process more and more of it, you know. Oh, yeah. And I think it's really like it really like piques my interest whenever I see other people leaving like these traditional jobs or, you know, they, they went to college and they're doing something totally different. And I think that's awesome because I think, you know, through this past year, it showed us that we there's no reason why we can't do what we really want to do. If that's, you know, making podcasts, if that's blogging, if that's, you know, creating an Etsy store, I, I think that's really something that's so cool and that motivates me as well like one of my coworkers, she doesn't work full-time anymore she's actually pursuing like her her etsy store that's something that she really wanted to do and i'm like that's awesome like i applaud you for doing that and and i think it takes a lot of courage you have to be brave to do that i like hear all the voices in my head like parents say no you need to stay at your job like you have a good job you have yeah. you whatever, but I'm like, also too, like, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith, you know, and that's kind of like what it was with me for this blog. I was like, this is my leap of faith. This is like me being brave and talking about, you know, talking about things and, and sharing my stories with other people. So I think that also too is kind of like a motivator as well. Just everyone else, you know, doing what exactly what they want to do. For sure. It's kind of cool. You kind of bring that up, but you said like kind of like pushing ourselves and stuff like that. Cause um, I wrote, uh, I wrote, I read, excuse me, I didn't write it, you did. You wrote um, this a blog that really stuck out to me, you know, that's, that's okay with you. I, I wrote it down a little bit, if that's okay with you, because it really stuck to me if I like to share it, because um, you have a blog that it's called The Token Black Friend, and there's a really, something, that a quote, I guess not a quote, but something that stuck out to me, it says that we have to challenge ourselves and our beliefs in order to grow. Uh, at the end of the very thing, we're all human beings, our race, where we come from our language and our culture should not divide us instead it should bring us all together i just want to know like that's that's something that first of all that i 1001 million degree agree with you know so like where did you find that motivation to or courage to write that even you know because like you said we have to like you said challenge ourselves or anything like that so where did you find that motivation to even write that you know because it feels like you got a lot more courage to write that than i ever would you know because i don't know if i could ever well, just like, oh, my God, what if someone says, I don't want to trigger anybody, but you out there and actually wrote that thing. So um, what do you find that motivation for that? Oh, a lot of stuff. So um, first and foremost, um, so Marco, my fiance, he's from Mexico and being around his family has been like, it is such a beautiful experience. Like um, I'm able to experience their culture. They are they welcome me in. Um, and, and I was just like, wow, I was like, this is how it should be. You know, this is how it should be. Like, I, I'm like, I'm trying to learn Spanish to speak with them. I'm partaking in their culture and it's so beautiful. And I'm like, this right here should be a representation of like what all America should be doing right now. You know, we should be focusing on, you know, how we can come together as human beings and not what, you know, what divides us. And then also when I came here to Denver, it's so diverse, especially coming from Amarillo. It's so diverse. You know, you walk down the streets, you see a bunch of interracial couples, you see, you know, you just see so much diversity and it's so beautiful. And no one's like looking at you and like, you know, questioning, like, why are they two together? Like, why are they together? Everyone's minding their business. Everyone's super friendly at that as well. 
Um, so I, yeah, so I think that's like really what motivated me to, to write that too. And I just think about like the groups of friends, like the friend group that I have, like we all have different backgrounds, we all have different experiences, but we're still able to come together and like talk about those, you know, like my friends, uh, for my friends that are white, you know, they don't understand what it's like to be me, but I mean, they are they they do ask me questions, you know, and they do want to know more about how they can be involved. And they and they, you know, they try to understand the best that they can on like the stuff that I've been through. So that for me was an eye opener as well, because a lot of these conversations that I was having, I was not able to have back in Amarillo, yeah. you know, and, and, and that just wasn't a thing, especially like growing up, you know, especially in high school. A lot of the classes I was in, there was maybe like two or three of us black people. And so I really like, I felt outnumbered a lot of times and I really didn't feel like I had a voice. And then I got to college, it was a little bit better, but I mean, it's still the panhandle, you know? Yeah. I came out here and I'm just like, whoa, like even at my job, you know, it's, it's so diverse. We're able to talk about these issues. And so I just, you know, I, I sat down and I was like, yeah, I was like, this is how I feel like we, at the very end of the day, we're human beings, and it is 2021. Like the color of our skin, the the language that we speak should not be dividing us. Religion should not be a thing either, dividing us either. You know, it's uh-huh. yeah, all of these things that divide us should actually be you know uniting us, and we should come together and try to understand each other. So that's really just kind of like what motivated me to write that. That's amazing. That's a you know such a like, I agree with you. Like everything you said, it's such a beautiful thing to find you know diversity and stuff like that so much not diverse um like unity and stuff like that you know coming together no matter what you know because most people may not know i'm I, I come from a interracial relationship as well you know i'm half white half hispanic so it's like i come from you know i understand not so much as much as other people but like i understand i i, I try to speak spanish with my parents and my mom's side of the family and i just you see so many different things too i feel like there's so many you know awful things going on in this world that people don't want they they want to divide and not so much bring unity you know it's kind of a crazy world we live in and even trying to find you said trying to find your voice and then that's such a big thing i think in this world too you know people are trying to find their voice any way they can and i remember even a year ago i went to a peaceful protest and it just it was pretty cool even in the midst of a pandemic people were wearing their mask and everything like that and protesting for what they believe in you know because with the whole George Floyd thing, you know, anything like that, they're finding their voice and anything like that. It's such an amazing thing. And it feels like we are probably, I may be wrong, but it feels like we could be possibly somewhat starting that route, even if it's not soon. We will hopefully see that route, you know, of unity somehow soon. But um, I just want to get your thoughts on that too. What do you think about that, you know, going forward? Yeah, I think going forward, one of the biggest things is I'm proud of, like, the Emerald community. I was, like, you know, after I left and I saw, like, the piece for protest, I was, like, so happy to see that. I was, like, this is what the community should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think moving forward, you know, my our job, our generation and the generations to come is to pick up the baton wherever we leave off, right? And so I think by having these conversations like you and I are doing, by having these online platforms where they talk about these things and really sit down and listen to each other. I think that's like the most important thing. And and for me, it's like I challenge myself to talk to people that don't necessarily agree with me because there's two things that'll happen. One, it'll solidify what I believe in, right? So if someone's like, why do you believe that way? I could be like, this is why. And I can 100% defend that. Secondly, it may cause me to challenge myself and really have me think, okay, maybe there's a different side to this story. 
And I think whenever we're able to do those two things, especially to challenge ourselves, I think we sit down and we're like, wait a minute, like, why do I think this way? Like, why do I believe this? Because I wasn't always like this person that I am now. Like, it was really hard to like challenge myself. I had, I was holding some of my parents' beliefs, some of the beliefs in Amarillo. And then I like sat down and I was like, whoa, I said, why do I believe this way? And then once I started talking to people that I never would have thought I would have been in contact with. I started going out of my way to educate myself. I was like, wait a minute, you know, there is this other side. So I think if we're able to do that, that's when we're like, okay, I'm able to put myself in someone else's shoes and understand an issue. Well, understand this issue with a different perspective. Cause I think that's, what's really important. You know, I think there's multiple ways to view an issue. For sure. There is, you know, multiple ways to, like you said, handle everything there's so many things that i believe that could be done for the better and i think you know these these peaceful protests are a good example of a community coming together to help that in a way i believe like you said i even felt that way too a little bit the way you're feeling because it feels like kind of piggyback what you said you know there's we're kind of just you know picking up the baton from who was holding it last time hopefully we can take it further than longer than we could you know to the next generation that when we hand it off you know so hopefully um, you know, that's a pretty great thing, you know, hopefully, like you said, the way you said it, it was worded, so I don't want to ruin what you just said, but like you said, I just kind of agree with what you said, so hopefully the next generation, like you said, even try to process what you're feeling, what you said, what you said, uh, why you feel this way you do, because I kind of agree, because like, there are, the next generation hopefully can take it better, hopefully, like you said, take it better than what we did it before, or what we're doing now. Not that we're doing it bad, just hopefully they can take it, you know what I'm trying to say, just hopefully we can take it better, you know. But, um, yeah, so even, you know, kind of, but yeah, kind of, like, things are going on now in, in America with the whole, you know, you know, even, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, something that people tend to talk, you know, differently on, they have different viewpoints on, but I just want to get, like, your point of view, what do you believe in that area, the movement going on, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I 100% back the Black Lives Matter movement. I, I follow what they do here in Denver. Um, I think for me, the foundation of like what it means, you know, it's not, I think Black Lives Matter in that in itself is a very, very powerful message. And, you know, there's people that oppose that are there, all lives matter. Then we got the blue lives matter. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, but I, I think Black Lives Matter, like that statement is so important because growing up, we don't hear that enough. You know, we don't hear that black lives matter. We don't hear that brown lives matter. We just don't hear that enough. And so I'm like, we spent, or I've spent, you know, most of my life, you know, educating myself on issues that really didn't pertain to me. You know, I was just like, there was never a good point in time of, in history for us. Maybe the civil rights movement, because there was like some kind of hope, you know, there, but there's never a time when you can ask a black person, when would you want to like be alive in history? I'm like, I wouldn't, there's not a time period, you know, there's, there's nothing good for us. And so I think that statement that Black Lives Matter, like it sheds light on what the black community has went through, what they're currently going through. You know, so I think racism, it presents itself a lot differently nowadays. You know, it's very institutionalized. It's very subtle. And so I think that a lot of, I think the movement is trying to bring light to that. And also, you know, obviously the pre police brutality, but for the people who are like, oh, racism is not a big deal. I'm like, you may, it may not be like it was, you know, during the civil rights movement or like way before that, but it is there. I mean, it, it definitely is very present and there's still practices going on that still impacts the community today. So that's why 
I wholeheartedly stand behind it. Now, granted, not every single organization is, you know, you know, uh, clear of any kind of controversy going on. There, there are those extreme people, unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, the, the message behind the movement is is definitely what I stand behind. Not necessarily the human beings behind it, but the message that it sends. For sure, that's all we need to I believe. I believe is for more positive. I guess not positive. It's more people to get the right people to get behind the message, so we can hopefully, you know, know, know that, like you said, bring unity together. We're trying to find unity and bring the message forward that. There are people who do care or do matter and stuff like this, you know, because there are things at that nature, you know, that just need to be talked about a little bit more and not so much bring hatred into everything, you know. So um, where do you find – like I just want to know, like where do you find that motivation for this cause? Do you write about it or you speak about it? Where do you find the motivation to do so? I think for me the motivation really happened when I moved to Denver and I met other, you know, black people and, and I was able to share my experience because again, back home, I really didn't talk about my experience growing up. I was still processing some stuff as well too. So I wasn't really in the space to be like, Oh, this happened to me or I, I didn't really know what that was. Um, but I have a couple of coworkers that, you know, we were just sitting down and we were talking, we were sharing our stories. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, I, I thought I was going crazy for a second. I thought I was the only one with this experience, but just being able to relate and have someone that was like, oh yeah, like I, I went through that. So then I kind of looked at the Black Lives Matter chapter here in Denver and it's not just about police brutality. Like they focus on black trans lives. They focus on healthcare disparity. They focus on education. They focus on mental health. They focus on women. They focus on men. So, I mean, there's so much that goes into Black Lives Matter. Like, it's not just about the police brutality, you know, like I said. So I was really motivated with the mental health as well. Um, we had a training that was done in our community, and it was talking about how we need more, you know, Black uh, clinicians. Because, you know, when we go to therapy, we like to go to someone that, yeah, they, they you know, they're nice, but we want to go to someone that's going to understand. And so that kind of, I was like, oh yeah, that's important. So they had someone from that chapter just talking about, you know, mental health here that that's needed in Denver, especially in the black community. So that's also what like really got me motivated. I was like, oh yeah, so I'm, I, you know what, I'm in the right place at the right time for that. Well, that's amazing. You know, it's always oh, cool. Like I said, being right place, right time, you know, it's always, it always works in your favor. So it's always, it's always amazing, you know, when you find that right community just for you, you know, it's always great, you know, to very thing for all the way around you know it's always amazing you know oh, yeah. it's pretty cool that you're out there doing great things you know you know um but i just want to know like in your words how um in your own words like what does a world of peace and unity look like what does that look like how would you describe that in your own words for me what peace and unity will look like so i'll start with peace instead of creating these fights about you know human like having having arguments on stuff that should be basic human rights being like you know what i recognize you as a human being and i'm going to do what i can to have policies to have education that's gonna you know educate other people but also help you feel safe i think really i think about safety you know i think about i when i think about peace i think about us not having to fear the police i think of us not you know feeling like imposters or like feeling like we don't belong in this world. I think it's just having this environment that's conducive to where we could just feel safe because right now I, we just, we don't have that kind of safety, you know, we just don't have that kind of like safe place to be. So I, that's kind of like what peace 
um, is to me when I think about unity. I think about you know having you know um, just history being told and history being appreciated. I think about you know different cultures still coming together and and where there you know there may be a language barrier, but we try to you know we try to work through that. And instead of being like oh you shouldn't be speaking your native language, welcome that in. You know I mean mm -hmm. you go to any other nation. And most of those people don't speak just one language. You know, they speak multiple languages. I'm like, we have that here in America. You know, we have that here in America. We have Spanish, we have Portuguese, we have Swahili, we have French. We should all acknowledge that and use that to our benefit. You know, if there's someone else that has a different background, let's get to know their story. Let's get to know who they are. Let's educate ourselves. And so that's kind of what unity looks like to me. That's a pretty, that's pretty awesome because um... – I kind of agree. Like obviously, I'm going to. I mean, I agree a lot because, like I said, I, I'm half Hispanic, so I'm. I know I'm not the greatest Spanish speaker, but I know a little bit. So it's like, so I, I can speak Spanish with some of my family on my mom's side, but at the same time, it's like I guess I obviously might speak English, but but it's one of those things where I believe unity and everything like that, peace and unity, where it is a great thing that should be brought into America because it feels like. <laughs> we need it maybe a little bit more at some points in our history. Um, but you said we just, like you said, get to know people a little bit more and stuff like that instead of just, you know, pointing the finger automatically like blah, 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 whatever, just spread hate instead of, you know, just instead of bringing, spreading hate and everything like that, just instead of just bring peace and unity and love in, you know, that's, at the end of the day, I think that's what, for me in my words, I think in my eyes, I, that's what means the most, I believe. But that's what I, that's what I think, but I don't know. But you said it best, though, I believe. So, um, but yeah, I kind of want to talk about a little bit your about some books, maybe. To, I think I think that'd be pretty cool if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, totally okay with me. So the first book we kind of touched on a little bit first was The Hate You Give. I want to kind of talk about this a little bit more because I'm reading it right now and I love it. But um, so how do you hear about the book and how do you hear about Andy Thomas? Did you did you hear about the book first or did you hear about the author first? So I actually heard about the book and for my younger sister, she actually was like, hey, she was like, you should read this book. And the movie was out, I think, already. But my sister had read the book before. And around that time, I was like, oh, another one of these books. But I sat down and I read it. I was like, oh, my God. And so then I watched the movie shortly after I had to prepare myself because I was, you know, I was just like, man, with everything going on, I have to make sure I'm in the right state of mind. But the book was awesome. I, I really identified with the main character. Um, blanking on her name because it's been a minute since I read it. Her name is Star Carter. The only reason I remember her name is obviously because my my name, but that's the only reason I remember it. But yeah. Yes, yes. I, I identified with her character so much. And I and I what really stuck out to me though, um, and I'm not gonna read the books that you haven't finished it, but the very beginning, like what really stuck out to me is just like the structure of the family. Because it really reminded me of like my parents, like, you know, my parents were like the foundation of like who I was, you know. Whenever I went to school, they always made sure that I had what I needed. They were always, you know, teaching me, hey, you can excel in this world. Like you can go and do out whatever you can go and do whatever you want to do in this world. And so I feel like that was like a very universal message in that book as well. And I think also just like having those friends and having that community, like that's the biggest thing. And I, and I felt like I did have that community a little bit, you know, and, and so I really, I really like that aspect, you know, having those friends and then how she kind of lived in a world of like blackness, but also like whiteness. Cause I get it. Like the code switching she had to do. Oh, and yeah. so I, I definitely experienced that, you know, like, being very intelligent, I, 
sometimes I didn't feel like I was black enough. I got called an, an Oreo a lot because people are like, oh, you're black on the, in, on the outside, but white on the inside. And I took that as a compliment at first. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, I, I fit in. But then I really thought about that. And I was like, whoa, that's not okay. I was like, I should be able to just be seen as myself. Like blackness should not be equated with like less intelligent, you know, shouldn't be equated with, it shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be related to other words. I was like, so that for me, I really felt, you know, when she, like whenever she was talking about how she fit in and stuff, I was like, I totally get that. Cause that's how I felt too. Like, I was like, I, I think that's another reason I never felt like I had this safe space to be is because like, I was like, I'm not black enough for the black people, but then I'm not white enough for the white people. So I'm kind of just here. And, and that takes a toll, you know, on you for some time. So really just that. And then obviously, the, you know, the police brutality that happens in the, in the book, like that was really, really profound. Just, you know, how I, I think about whenever I have kids, you know, they're going to be black and they're also going to be Mexican. So it's like, do I, am I going to have to worry about teaching all my kids, especially my sons, like fear the police? Am I going to have to make sure that we live in a neighborhood to where they won't get questioned if they live there, you know? Those are like, you know, as I was reading the book, I was like, man, these are like some really like huge life issues that we have to think about. You know, we just, I have to sit here and I really, really have to like ponder like, man, what is it going to be like when I have kids? Are they going to go through the same stuff that this family went through? Oh, yeah. Um, it's really well worded. I never, so I'm sorry that you really had to go through that through school, you know, I'm sorry that he, all of that, but I, you know, with this book, I really, it really opened my eyes a little bit more than I I really thought it would because there's some stuff I never – obviously, I never knew. Like, I never knew – I had to research code switching because I never really knew, like, obviously, going into that environment. I never I never knew that that world at all, and honestly, I'll be the first to admit that I never knew that. And I'm like, what? What's this? And then Angie Thomas, author, I, wrote, I saw an interview of hers, and she's like, talks about it. I'm like, wow, these, there's so much going on that I don't know. I'm so naive to, and I just thought, you know, I took to, but – the book, it's the story itself tells a whole lot that I really didn't know a whole lot about, you know, obviously. But the story itself is it's an amazing story, the, the, what I've read up to so far, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's some people, I think, in the book that even are some real life people that, you know, the, the, the people, the, the characters, how can I say this? The characters in the book, there are some of those stereotypes that and manners that people still have in this world today. Like Haley, I think there's some Haley's in this world, you know. Yeah. who don't know that they are and there's some people out there just you know they've and there's some stars out there who do believe in what they believe in you know there's so many different it feels like this book really opened my eyes to a whole lot more just going into it i really didn't when i read when i every time i read it i just feel a little bit more inspired after i get done reading it if that makes any sense at all so it's an amazing book how that angie wrote through that because i felt like i really opened my eyes a lot more too so that's what i like about when i read too it's like okay what am i going to learn from this you know because it's really something cool each time I read something, you know, every time I read the book, every time I read the book, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a really good book. And like you said, you know, there's some characters where their character type actually translate into the people, you know, that we, we know in real life. I, I was reading that. I was like, yep, there's some people in here that yeah. I grew up with. Yep, that's them. That's them, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Angie Thomas, I think she's an incredible person, incredible lady. Um, she's also featured in another book. Um, I don't have the physical copy with me. One of my friends is reading it, uh, but it's called The Black Friend on Being a Better White Person by Frederick Joseph. Wow. So kind of switching gears a little bit, but I would just like, 
thought about that. So he actually, um, he wrote this book. It was based on his, on his life experience and he had different celebrities and he also had like just different activists and stuff in the book. And he interviewed Angie Thomas in there. And again, she kind of talks about what it's like to be a black female. Um, but that book is really good. Like it's, it's really good. My sister was the one that showed me that one too. Yeah. And I, and I was reading it and I was like, oh yeah, this is my life. You know, he talks about growing up as a black male, you know, having to code switch as well. And, and he also addressed the fact of like, um, he had a lot of different friends, like in his friend group, but they all respected each other. You know, like he had some friends from China, he had some friends that were from Mexico and they all, you know, respected each other and they didn't call each other derogatory names. Mm-hmm. So um, I really like that because I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, I think it's so awesome to be able to sit down and and talk through and, sure. and say the expectations that you have with your friends. But th- that's a really good book. So if you haven't read it, I would definitely check it out because it's, it's so good. You're fine. I thought I turned it off. I was so unprofessional. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're all good. It happens. So, yeah, I think you'll enjoy that one just kind of based on what we were talking about. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Cool. I'm so sorry about that. Um, I literally thought I turned it off. But, um, but yeah, that was pretty cool how, like you said, um, communication, I believe, even with no matter your peers and what sort, and no matter what sort it is, I believe communication is one of those things where it's key. And, you know, no matter what friends you have, it's so, I think it's, for me, I've always had, you know, I try to surround myself with diverse friends, like no matter what. I took my, my life growing up, that's always, always been, you know, trying to like, oh, communicate about this or that, you know, because like I said, I'm half and half, you know, I try to have, you know, I just grew up just having, I thought that was the norm to have different diverse friends. I know I always have communicated. That's pretty cool how, you know, like you said, the book and everything talks about, about activism and everything like that. There's some people out there who I believe were some key role models in this world that, or America at least, that were some great our models, no matter what line of or what lane they were in, you know, what lane, I guess, area of work they were in, you know, I believe, like you said, Angie Thomas, I guess, can be one for some people, and there's some other people out there who just resonate towards whatever message that's being expressed, you know, mm-hmm. for the better, you know, as long as it's for the better, and I believe there's some stuff out there that is really, if it's done right, then it's going to be worth, the message is going to be worth something in the long run. Like you said earlier, I think Black Lives Matter, that's something that we need people behind more for the message to be pushed a little bit more. So for the next future generations or generations afterwards, that's going to be something that's much more wild and we express more, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, I know that definitely makes sense. I, I definitely agree with that. And I, and I think, too, you know, a lot of times it's I hate how basic human rights issues become a religious debate. It becomes it like it takes away from the essence, you know, and, and I, you know, I believe in God, you know, and so I, I think at the very end of the day, it's like love thy neighbor, treat other people you want to be treated like there's these basic things in the Bible that I think a lot of people need to go back to and read about. But at the very end of the day, it's like we are human beings like it, it does. It doesn't matter what your religious background is. It doesn't matter what you believe the Bible is saying it's like the very end of the day, we are, we are, we bleed the same. You cut us open, we bleed the same, you know, at the end of the day, we are human beings and we are sent here on this world to fulfill a purpose and we should live in harmony. You know, we should live. I don't believe in an ultimate world peace. Like, obviously I want that to happen, but I don't, but I believe in a world where we get to that point, we get kind of close to it. You know, we, we get to a point where we can talk to each other. We can start seeing these issues. It's like, okay, you know, I, I I didn't go through that, but I hear what you're saying and I respect that. I'm going to make sure that we 
that I treat you the way you, you know, with respect that you deserve. I think that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, and no, that's no. Just, I think about it. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. I was going to say, I was like, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, like you said, we you said we need to be in that perfect harmony. It was just being, you know, being able to express what we're thinking and feeling without, you know, being angry about it. I believe, you know, even no matter you said no matter what religion, I'm I'm Catholic, so having to, you know, be talk about whatever the case may be. It's like we just talk about, you know, different people's backgrounds, no matter what they went through. So it's like we could talk about it without raising an eyebrow or getting angry about it. It's just pretty cool that we can just hopefully come together as one. Go, you know, one unit and just live life because he said we all believe the same, no matter what religion you believe, and we all, we all, we're all the same thing, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with the rapper Common, but he has a book that's sure. called "I Love Have the Last Word." This oh, is yeah. this is really good. This is I read this. I was like, man. So this is actually what I would say peace unity let love have the last word i i think he did a great job of defining love he talked about love in the, the most romantic sense in the most sense of just platonic love for his daughter but this the topic of love i was like yeah at the very end of the day we have to love one another even the people that do us wrong we have to love them even though that's hard we have to love them but i i think that right there too is, an, is another key to that peace and that unity is just loving each other unconditionally, you know, just being like, you know what, I, I may not agree with what you agree with, but I'm still going to love you at the very end of the day because we're all human beings. And that's essentially one of like the strong emotions that we all share is, is love. So. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And uh, one of the book, oh, one of the books you wrote in your blog uh, that you mentioned in your blog, what I thought was pretty, I never read it, but I hopefully will one day. It was something I kind of want to bring up. Uh, was uh, "Becoming" by Michelle Obama, and everything like that. I was like, that's pretty cool, you know, because it feels like for me, like I said earlier, she's just, like we have people who are bringing up a sort of a sort of message, and it feels like she's one of those people who can be identified as a role model to, no matter who it is, could be a role model to different people and anything like that. So I believe she could be one of them. And when she came out with the book, I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome that she's willing to write about stuff like that and i actually got to listen to some of the audiobook today and it's just crazy how some like, kind of cool and crazy a little bit about her story that she writes about you know and stuff like that how she grew up and anything like that to becoming the first lady of the united states you know and yeah. just amazing story of journey about how that she tells about and was there anything i think in your was there anything when you read the book have you read the book yeah yeah, yeah i read it so, so is there anything out of the book that stakes out to you or that you want to express or anything? Yeah, I, I think the whole – I loved her writing to begin with. It was like a journey. I was like, girl, I feel like you're taking me on your life journey right now. It was <laughs> so good. Um, but really what stuck out to me was just like the essence of like perseverance, right? Because there are so many odds stacked against her already being a black female and just her background. But I mean like – she literally, she was like, you know what? I have resilience and I'm going to keep on pushing even when people push back at me. That's like what really stood back. Cause it's like, no matter, you know, our background, you know, we're all going to be faced with adversity, but what really is going to shine light in our journeys is how do we overcome that? How do we take that adversity and we, and we turn that into something so beautiful. And so throughout her whole story, I was like, I, I mean, it was funny. There, there were some parts that were funny. There were some parts I was like, oh man, like, you know, that's really deep. But I think really just 
how she's took uh, took us on this journey through her most like you know trying of times through her most triumphant of times but no matter what she still had that resilience she was still there still present and still gave it a hundred percent and I think that speaks volumes you know no matter what we go through you know it's like at the very end of the day like we have the ability to keep on going and make every single day count you know there's going to be people saying oh you can't do that or you shouldn't do that or why would you do that but you keep on going and and she did her and Barack I mean they're power couple right there you know like their story is just so beautiful and they're able to share that and tell that to to us you know to everyone else now so I, I think just everything that book was amazing it is for sure I think the, like I said, I was that's a book that I definitely I won't, I'm going to read want to read for sure, especially the one that you brought up, Calm, in that book as well. Um, like you said, I think her and Brock are definitely a power couple because they literally hearing some of what Brock has you know said about his you know coming up and going through school and life mm-hmm. or anything like that, and especially Michelle and anything like that, what he just expressed, and then them coming together to be these great politicians in this in America, you know, it feels like they've really conquered all what they were they set out to do you know they felt like they went out and actually did the impossible you know that's i think that's pretty awesome i think that he said they're the most when i think of a power couple that's one of the first ones that come to mind for sure i think you know the obamas you know coming to a you know being president and vice or uh, first lady but yeah that's definitely cool I, that's a, definitely a book i'm going to read for sure Oh yeah, it's so good. When you finish it, let me know what you think. But I mean, it's it's one of those books. She gets to the end of it, you're gonna be crying. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, and just the sense of just like how much motivation you'll have. I mean, it, it's definitely a good read for for anyone. Oh, for sure. So um, I'll definitely let you know how it goes for you know, anything like that. I plan to read it, but uh, um, yeah, I think I think we're kind of towards the end of it. I guess towards the podcast, if that's cool. If there's anything else you'd like to say, if you want. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we, we went over like some really good books. So kind of like a funny one, if cool. you know, if you're like, oh, I kind of want to read something kind of funny. So yeah. Tiffany Haddish actually wrote a book and she's really funny. And so yeah. her book was really good. It's called The Last Black Unicorn. And it's on that, uh, it's on my blog as well. And that book list. That one's so funny. It's about her life and it's hilarious. It's, it's sad at some points too, but she, it's like, I don't know. It's just like Kevin Hart humor as well. So it's super <laughs> funny. So uh, that was a really good book. So if anyone's watching this, you're like, oh, I need something funny. That's also a really good book to read too. Awesome. Thank you for the recommendation uh, sure. before we head out. But um, I have one more question. I kind of, first season, I kind of asked the last question, but I kind of switched it up for the second season. So hopefully it's kind of like a question I like to ask all my, uh, all my guests at the end, but um, I kind of changed it. Uh, what are, are three things that you are grateful for right now? Uh, so my first, the first thing I'm grateful for is is my amazing fiance. He is he has gone above and beyond to be here present through the good times and the bad, and he has like made this year you know just just perfect and has kept me sane. Secondly, I am just thankful for people like you that are reaching out and that are doing this podcast for people that are doing blogs, for people that are following their dreams and their passions. I am so grateful for that because in turn, I am getting motivation. In turn, I feel like I have a safe place to talk and to read and to grow. And then lastly, like all my friends and family, I'm super grateful for them. They've kept me sane through this time too, and they're part of the growth and the healing process as well. So thankful. And also to you for anyone watching this, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, thank you to everybody watching, and thank you, Chelsea, for joining the podcast. And I had a lot of fun, and hopefully you did too, and everybody who watched it. So thank you for coming on. 
Um, you're always welcome back anytime. So thank, thank you, you for coming on. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I had, I had fun. Good luck. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Bye, everybody.